Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday afternoon. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aron88. And make sure you check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I have a fantasy baseball weekend recap up now. You can check that out. Maybe you had a busy weekend. You were enjoying the warm weather. You were too busy watching Game of Thrones, basketball, the Preakness. Maybe you got lost in the shuffle and didn't catch everything that went on this weekend. So, I have it all in one spot, some of the top storylines from the weekend, so you can check that out. Also, it's not too late to look at the week two, the week two start pitchers for the week. Uh, there were a couple of changes that were made. Uh, Wade Miley was pushed to yesterday, so Brad Peacock has a two-start week. And, of course, there's still some things towards the end of the week we're not sure about. I saw a report that Kent Amaida might start Sunday, but now I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think he's eligible to be activated off the injured list on Sunday. Not sure if the Dodgers are going to do that. So uh, I originally had Maeda in my lineup for this week, but I'm going to take him out because just not sure he's going to go on Sunday. So uh, you can check that out. Again, some minor changes. Just make sure you look at all the starters from today to make sure that the two-star guys are going in tomorrow because these teams uh, do last-minute changes. And I usually write this up on Saturday. And uh, the one update that I saw that I didn't get to was a uh, peacock for Miley. And obviously you, if you have Miley, you know that he pitched yesterday. So no two start week as they flip flop them. You can ask any questions you have on the message boards and forums. And don't forget uh, also the in-depth team outlooks for fantasy football. Sean Childs has already started those. His latest one is a look at the Cleveland Browns. Definitely uh, an interesting team. He's got the Browns and the Bengals up. Already went through the AFC East, so make sure you check them out. And play FFWC.com to take over a Dynasty Orphan team. There's a blue icon there. You can click on that. Uh, Starter best ball draft tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 24 rounds, 90 second clock. And then we have some slow drafts where once they fill, they will take off. So there's six spots remaining in a starter slow full season draft. 18 rounds, 4-hour clock, 35 bucks to enter. There's a draft-and-go slow best ball draft, 4-hour clock, 28 rounds, 6 spots left there. That's 99 bucks. And then an online championship slow draft, 6-hour clock, 299 entry, 4 spots left in that one. So jump in those today so you can get involved. Uh, we got a new startup dynasty draft beginning on Saturday, and uh, that is a 6-hour clock, 7 spots remaining in that. So, again, different Drafts, dynasty, best ball, uh, in-season management, just draft your team, that's it. Different price points, different times, different clocks. So we got it. Whatever you want, uh, you can check it out. 
uh, some drafts too this weekend for Memorial Day, the online championship draft on Sunday and Monday. So, uh, so if you're around and you want to get started, again, you know, a lot of people feel like it's too early, but I know you guys are hardcore. You're itching to draft, and you can get a ton of value right now in your drafts uh, before they become uh, popular. And by the time late August comes around, everyone's aware of them. Uh, so you can get those guys rounds later if you're ahead of the curve. So take advantage and hop into draft today over at playffwc.com. We do have uh, one afternoon game. It is Boston in Toronto. The Red Sox lead this game 9-2. to Actually, uh, uh, looks like they might score another run as we speak. So uh, the Red Sox actually know uh, Devers is held at third. So the Red Sox have second and third with one out. Top of the seventh. They lead this game 9-2. to Mitch Moreland with three hits. Xander Bogarts, two for four, two runs and two RBIs. Michael Chavis, his ninth homer of the year. He's hitting 292, and this was a guy that you could have gotten cheap. And uh, I didn't get him early on. You know, a lot of people are talking about the key booms and the Nate Lowe's. What about Michael Chavis? That was a guy that maybe you spent a decent amount on or you got him early when he first came up. That guy has worked out. So you there was a lot of talk over the last week or two about how a lot of these rookies come up and bust, and then there was some of that talk leading up to the big fab weekend this past weekend with a lot of the prospects, and we're going to get to, I'm going to look at some of the results in the NFBC auction. I know we looked at some of the industry drafts, but I'll give you an idea of uh, how the high-stakes leagues go and the aggressiveness there. But Chavis is a guy that has worked out. And really, when you looked at the situation with him in Boston, like there was a path to playing time. Does anyone believe Dustin Pedroia is going to stay healthy the entire year? I mean, really, come on. We knew this wasn't going to happen. He didn't start the year with the team. He came back. Already had knee issues. So we knew he was not going to be in the way of Chavis because he wasn't going to stay healthy. And even if he was healthy, was he going to be productive? Then the other guy there is Eduardo Nunez. Not much in the way there. So Chavis has definitely found his way in the lineup. And uh, I was late on him. I did get him in one league. I was actually surprised he was sitting out there. This was like, I don't know, three weeks ago. Um, and I, I was able to get him, and he's been in my lineup every week. So there's a guy that has really worked out. So, yes, there are going to be times when you swing and miss on some of these guys, and it sucks when you spend 20 25% of your budget, but everything is context-dependent. And for some teams, you have to take the shot. Now, for the most part, I didn't spend a lot of fab this weekend. Uh, I wasn't going to go 30 35% on an Austin Riley. I felt like either I didn't have the money to do it or I didn't need him in those leagues. And we could look back and say, oh, it was a mistake. Should have got one of those guys. Or you could look back and say, well, I'm kind of glad I have some money left because maybe the next big guy up, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, maybe someone else on the pitching side. So uh, there was a lot of money spent this weekend. But Chavis is definitely a guy that's really worked out. Jackie Bradley Jr. haven't really said his name at all this year. He had his first home run of the season. He has really struggled this year. He's hitting 148, 247 OBP at a 203 slugging. So he gets his first home run of the year. Devers with his sixth stolen base of the year. That's a nice uh, get there for his owners. He's two for four with two RBIs. He's hitting 310 with a 379 OBP for the Red Sox. David Price was activated. From the injured list today, and he made the start. We knew he was going to be on a pitch count, 
But I wrote him up in the two-star article. I felt like if you had David Price, you're pitching him. You know, the pitching environment right now is just so brutal. You know, we were talking about it as far as trades. Like, I have Hinjin Ryu in a league, and someone offered me a trade, and I don't want to move him. I mean, the guy's been dominant, and I understand, yes, he's probably going to get hurt again. He's already spent one stint on the injured list. But it's really difficult to find pitching on the waiver wire. When I was going through my teams, the 15-team leagues this weekend, there was nothing that I really wanted. And even in those leagues, I have guys where I'm a little scared of using some pitchers this week, like Marco Gonzalez in Texas. Kind of don't want to go in that direction, but I might be forced to do so in some of those 15-team leagues because there's not a lot out there. But David Price went five innings today, three hits, two runs, no earned, struck out four, and allowed one home run to Luke Molly, the catcher for Toronto. So pretty good performance for him, only 67 pitches, 48 for strikes. Uh, so I guess that was the pitch count, right around 70. So he's out. He does have another start this weekend against Houston, so that is a tougher one. But I felt like if you had David Price, you got to use him. I don't have David Price anywhere this year. No Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the lineup today. They're saying, from what I saw, was a planned day off. But little surprising, the guy's heating up. He had four home runs last week. He's a young player. You could have DH'd him. I mean, they DH'd Danny Jansen today, which I understand you didn't want to catch him uh, after they played uh, yesterday. I think it was a day game yesterday for Toronto, right? Yeah, so it's two day games in a row. Maybe, all right, I understand it's a catch, give him a rest, but uh, kind of doesn't make sense to take Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out of the lineup, especially against the lefty. Uh, Edwin Jackson, yeah, he was under the sit in a two-start article. Five innings, seven hits, six runs, five earned a walk in four Ks, an ERA of 6.30, so the Blue Jays really hurting at the uh, pitching position right now. So uh, we'll get you updates on that if anything else happens throughout the show. Uh, some news. How about this? Didi Gregorius. He had two hits and five plate appearances today in his first extended spring game. He had a walk. He played shortstop, made three plays on grounders, had a throwing error. So he is going to DH tomorrow. I have seen people start to pick him up, uh, and it's fine. I just, you know, I can't uh, – and there's there's a league or two where I wanted to. I just don't have the room because of injuries with no injured list spots. So it all depends on, you know, what your your league format is. You know, especially there are some leagues where you can actually pick up players and put them on the injured list. I hate that. I will not allow that to happen. So in my home league, I think we have three IL spots. You can pick up someone that's on the injured list, but if you pick them up, you cannot put them on in the IL spot. I just hate that because you know they're. It's so stupid. You know, that's what we're trying to prevent. You know, there's a big debate about should you have IL spots? And one of the arguments against it is, well, if you have unlimited spots, then people are just going to pick up a bunch of guys and put them on the injured list. So to nullify that, I just say you can't do that. If you're going to pick someone up off the waiver wire that's on the injured list, like Joanna Cespedes, Didi Gregorius, you can do it. You cannot put them on the IL spot. They have to stay in your active roster. So that's one way to negate that if you're thinking about employing that type of rule. Uh, the Mets were originally starting Drew Gagnon today. He will not. It'll be Wilmer Font for the Mets, who have just been absolutely atrocious. The White Sox activated Eloy Jimenez off the injured list, so he will be back and play tonight against the Astros. So he missed three weeks with that high ankle sprain, and his slash line is 241, 294, 380 through his first 85 major league plate appearances. But... 
you don't have to panic if you have him. We see these players sometimes get off to slow starts. You saw it with Vladimir Guerrero. He looked terrible the first couple of weeks, and now all of a sudden he's starting to heat up. It'll happen with him and his too. And the thing about him and his that you liked when you drafted him, if you knew after he signed the contract, was you didn't have to worry about the playing time. They were going to stick with him. Uh, there was a trade today. Not a big trade at all, but the Braves acquired Anthony Swarzak in cash from the Mariners for Erodis Vizcaino and Jesse Biddle. So Swarzak wasn't closing for Seattle more. Seattle's so weird. They just have no save opportunities. I think they have one in the last month. So I think Rowenis Elias is probably the guy, but Brandon Brennan has pitched very well. He had two scoreless innings yesterday. He's a guy, if you need a closer right now and you're trying to speculate, this was a weekend where we really had no speculation on closers on the wave wire. That would have made it even more wild weekend if there was one. You know, Steve Ciszek I picked up a couple weeks ago. Maybe he was still out there in some leagues. I don't know. By the way, with Steve Ciszek, if you needed any indication who the closer is, uh, I think it was pretty much answered last night. I thought from the beginning. I picked up Ciszek in several leagues. I picked him up in Tout Wars. I picked him up in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I picked him up in uh, my home league. I just thought it was going to be him um, based on the first opportunity he had when Pedro Strope was out. He has the closer experience. I thought there was a chance Carl Edwards got that opportunity. But last night, Ciszek got a seven-out save, 27 pitches. I think it's clear that Madden has the most confidence in him. And they could always make a move and make a trade. But, you know, Ciszek was the guy. And I said this last week. You can go on demand and check. I'm not saying it after the fact. I had no idea why Chris Martin was being bidded on and spent more money than Steve Shishak. Chris Martin's path to saves was minimal, in my opinion. It was going to be brief. Number one, I said it the entire time. I think Jose Leclerc's getting that job back. And Jose Leclerc's pitched well. Yesterday, two scoreless innings, five Ks. It's only a matter of time before they put him back in that spot. And even before him... Still a shot with Sean Kelly. Now, Sean Kelly also had some type of issue with his throat where they had to do surgery. I think he might return today. But Chris Martin had an opportunity over the weekend, blew the save, gave up a home run. You have to look and say, okay, where's the path? For the Cubs, it was there. I mean, no Pedro Strope on the injured list. Brandon Morrow, who knows? C-Sheck, to me, had a better path. So I was like, okay, you could spend your 80-plus on Martin. I'll spend 43 on C-Sheck. And obviously, it's worked out so far. But, you know, again, it's you're trying to interpret and look at what the managers do and make the best decision. And uh, I think a lot of times, fantasy owners don't do that. It's a big mistake. People want to take the pitcher they feel is the best guy to close. And while they might be right, and that is the better pitcher, you can't do that. You got to go based on what the manager is indicating to you because they're making the decisions. And maybe the pitcher you like that you think is better over the long term We'll get the job, but we got to play for now. I think that's one thing we've kind of, with baseball, it's getting closer to the fantasy football mentality where we got to play week by week. We're looking at matchups. There's a lot of five-game weeks. Here's another thing that I picked up today, uh, especially if you play in a league with NFBC rules where you can change the lineup on Friday. There's a lot of five-game weeks now on the schedule. you got to look at those teams. When I do my two-star pitchers, I break down how many teams play five games, how many play six and seven. Jorge Soler has two games, the first four games of the week. They are in St. Louis on the road, no DH. There's a good chance Jorge Soler sits one or both of those games. 
meaning he is not going to play much this week. And even in a league where you have seven-game weeks and you have to set your lineup on Monday, say Solaire sits both those games. Now you're looking at a three-game week. Why are you going to put him in your lineup? you got to have someone that even even someone that's going to potentially play five is better. Even if Solaire plays one of those games, which they could potentially do, sit Billy Hamilton maybe, put Merrifield in center, Solaire in right, he's got a four-game week. So in the leagues I have Solaire, He's on my bench this week uh, because of that. So you have to keep that in mind and look at the schedule and go week by week. Uh, and, you know, even if you don't think Ciszek was the guy long term, he can pick up three, four, five, six saves over the next two, three weeks. And that's valuable. Trust me, that's going to be a tight category. Um, so I think Elias probably the closer for now with Brennan lurking in the background. Hunter Strickland, though, is kind of close to a return. I think he's going to start to throw. I have seen people pick him up and stash him. Because no one's been the answer. So, again, minor trade there uh, with the Braves. I don't think Swarzak is going to play a significant role. He gets back to the National League. Maybe the Braves can figure something out. But for now, it's Luke Jackson. That's a guy I definitely missed on. I thought A.J. Minter would get back that job. But he was so terrible, and they sent him to the minor leagues. Luke Jackson's been getting multiple inning saves lately as well. So they've been showing a lot of confidence in him. And he has the job for now. Unless they make a move. Maybe sign a Craig Kimbrell or something. All right, when we return, more of the top stories from the weekend and a look at the waiver wire results here on Full-Time Fantasy. Fantasy. If you need power, I think Austin Riley is probably your guy. If you need a little bit of everything on the offensive side, then you're probably looking at a guy like Kesson Hira or even Brendan Rodgers, who I think might be able to hit for decent batting average, a little bit of pop, obviously playing in Coors Field in Colorado. Not only is it positional need, I do agree with that. That is obviously going to play a big factor into who you're bidding on this weekend. But I think... What stats you need also factored into which players you're bidding on here, Greg. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern, where you can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Check out my article on the weekend recap, getting you up to date on a lot of the top stories from the weekend. 
You could also check out my two-star pitcher article. There's only been one game that has started, so it's still relevant for today as you set your weekly lineups. Uh, hopefully, most of them don't lock at first pitch since we did have a game this afternoon with the Red Sox and Blue Jays, and that game is 10-2. Uh, to two. The Red Sox have the lead there. Uh, also, you can uh, head on over to playffwc.com to head in a get it set to participate in the fantasy football draft, whether it's best ball, dynasty, or online championship, and it's made madness too. So you can get in your deposit now of $200 to reserve your spot for our uh, main event, our online championship. And uh, if you do put that deposit down, you will get put into a drawing where you potentially can win a free entry into the main event, which is valued at $1,795. So make sure you do that today. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the top storylines from the weekend. We got some good news here on Mike Clevenger. He is going to throw about two to three more bullpens, and after that he could be getting a rehab assignment. So, uh, certainly encouraging because it didn't look like that was going to be the case. It looked like Clevenger was going to be out longer. Uh, he's eligible to be activated off the injured list June 7th. So we're still at least a couple weeks away, but that is certainly uh, good news for Clevenger owners. Uh, and I have Clevenger in several leagues and a couple leagues where I'm actually near the top. So to get him back, it's like adding a huge waiver wire pickup or making a trade. So just crossing my fingers that he doesn't have any setbacks and that he'll be good to go. Uh, his teammate, Shane Bieber, man, what a performance yesterday. Bieber was coming off a rough start where he allowed four home runs against the White Sox, but he was rolling yesterday. A career-high 15 strikeouts for Bieber against the White Sox. He went the distance, allowed only five hits and no walks. So Bieber's been really good this year, and a lot of people expected it. He started to really move up draft boards the later we got in the season. You know, he was going in that, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th round range for 15-team leagues. And, you know, there was some positive aspects. You look at his strikeout-to-walk ratio, it was great. Uh, the one concern was he was allowing a lot of hard contact last year, but he always kept the whip pretty low. And there will be times where he does give up the home runs like he did against the White Sox, but especially pitching that AL Central uh, with some good matchups there. Uh, he should be probably close to where you bought him at his price for this year. So nice start for him. Keep an eye on Jorge Alfaro. He had a collision with Robinson Cano on Saturday. Uh, He was trying to steal a base. He got picked off. He wound up being safe, so he got the steals. So uh, it doesn't look like it's too serious. And I don't think most of you have three catchers in your league. So if you didn't pick up anyone for Alfaro, you're probably going to obviously leave him in the lineup. Uh, I know I have in the leagues that I have him. Uh, how pathetic were the Mets this weekend? Uh, they were they were awful. Sandy Alcantara threw a complete game shutout against the Mets. He only allowed three base runners, two hits. He struck out eight. So I did see people picking him up over the weekend. I mean, again, this was against the Mets, who are just listless right now. They look lifeless. They look like they don't want to be there. He does have talent, Alcantara, but... Uh, I don't think I'm ready to pick him up in 15-team leagues. We did see Steven Matz return from the injured list over the weekend. He went three and two-thirds, allowed two earned runs. So uh, as he came out of the game healthy but it, and you know should be good to go if you do have him. 
Noah Syndergaard was good yesterday for the Mets, but obviously got no run support. Seven innings, two runs, only three strikeouts, though, and a 4.50 ERA. Uh, Aaron Nola with a good performance over the weekend. The 12 strikeouts were a career high, so he went six innings, a lot, one earned run. So, you know, I thought Nola was a good buy low. I think we talked about him last week, and, you know, a lot of these pitchers, you know, if you got Chris Sale, you bought low on him, that's obviously worked out very well. And, you know, pitching is so difficult to find. And there have been a, a few concerns about Nola when you look at his profile, but in general, I think he's the guy that I would look to, uh, to buy on right now. Scott Kingery was uh, activated off the injury list over this weekend, and he went one for three, a run, and his second steal. He played center field. He was a guy that I also saw picked up in a lot of leagues, and I like that pickup. We don't know where he's going to play. Uh, they can move him all around the diamond. Mikel Franco got off to a great start this year, but he's really been slumping. His average is now down in the 220s. So there's a possibility Kingery plays a little third base. They could use him in the outfield, so... I do think in like 15-team leagues, I don't think you need to do it in 12 because you're not sure of the playing time. But in 15-team leagues, especially a daily format where you can see when he's in or out, I definitely think he is worth picking up. Uh, I know some people are going to look yesterday and be like, oh, no, here we go with the Phillies bullpen again. Pat Neshek with the save. What happened? Well, Hector Neris has been used quite a bit. He pitched Friday night and got a save. They used him Saturday to get to go two innings and get a save. So that's why Hector Neris is the guy to close, although we did see a game, was it last week or two weeks ago, where we did see Neris come in in the sixth inning, and I think Nisha got the save in that game as well. But for the most part, Neris is going to get most of the saves. And that was another guy that you could have gotten cheap. And, you know, you always have to speculate a little bit, and it's never going to work out. But I picked up Neris in three or four leagues very cheap because I just looked at the situation, and David Robertson was pitching poorly. Sir Anthony Dominguez was pitching poorly. And Neris had a good second half last year. Remember, he was sent down to the minor leagues because he was awful. He came back and pitched well. He has closer experience. He looked pretty good early on, was getting the strikeout. So I said, it's Gabe Kapler. This is a wild card in the bullpen. I'm going to take a shot and add Neris for cheap. Because by the time he was the closer or he started to get like a save or two, I remember one of my leagues, he went for like, 200-something. We want to avoid that. And I know there are going to be times where we can't. Like, say, for example, someone gets hurt today and the closer replaces him and we don't have Fab until Sunday and the guy gets two saves over the next week. Well, yeah, that guy's going to go more than likely for 20, 25, 30% of the budget because everyone's seen he already had a couple saves. And in that situation, yeah, it's going to be, if you really want that player, you're going to have to spend but the goal is to try and find these guys beforehand and, and speculate for cheap money. And if it doesn't work out, okay, no big deal. We didn't spend a lot. We can cut them. It's a lot more difficult to cut someone when you spent 200 250 bucks because you feel like you just lost a lot of money. Like you threw money down a toilet, and no one wants to do that. Even though this is fake money, it's still a mental thing. You're like, I just wasted 25% of my budget. I can't cut this guy. But sometimes you have to say it's a sunk cost and move on which a lot of teams don't do. You see it with these big contracts. When players are not producing, teams don't want to move on. But in fantasy, hey, you got to move on sometimes. But we want to avoid that. So you try and get those cheap players. Ryan McMahon, two for four yesterday with two home runs. So what do they do here? Because Brendan Rodgers is up. And you can't sit Brendan Rodgers. There's no point in calling this guy up. So I still think Rodgers gets most of the time. 
Maybe we see McMahon at first base a little bit. Uh, I've said it. Daniel Murphy doesn't look right. He might have came back a little bit too early from that finger injury. I actually almost had Murphy on the bench this week in a 15-team league, but then I looked, and as I mentioned uh, in the previous segment, I had Jorge Soler on that team, and I think Soler might only play four games this week, maybe three. It's a five-game week, and they have two games in St. Louis uh, where there's no DH, and he's been the DH. So they could move him to the outfield potentially, but I said uh, I'll just go with uh, Murphy instead. But, yeah, there's definitely some concern about Murphy right now. Uh, Keston Hura, obviously, we'll get to him when we talk about some of the fab bids. He had his first home run yesterday. Travis Shaw is slated to begin a rehab assignment on Wednesday. Now, here's the thing. Uh, if Hira hits, he's going to stay in the lineup, would be my guess. At the same time, I don't think they're going to bury Travis Shaw. This guy was very productive in the last two years. I know the first month and a half sucked. Maybe this was more of a mental break. I think a lot of us believe he's not hurt. And maybe he watched some video, figured some things out. So, Or maybe there's a trade coming here. I mean, I don't think Shaw's going to draw much right now, but you never know. So... so uh, Shaw was dropped in a lot of leagues, and I do think he's a guy that uh, I would be picking up uh, this week uh, if he's available. Freddie Freeman's on fire right now. Four straight games with a home run. He homered off Josh Hader over the weekend. Uh, 11 home runs now and batting 318. And uh, I've always been a huge Freeman fan. I still think like there's a monster year in him. He, I think he was on pace for a huge year the year he got hit by the wrist uh, on, the, on the wrist by a pitch. I think he was 112 games that year. He was... Uh, on a huge pace, uh, but Freeman, definitely someone that uh, I like a lot. He's going to give you average, and I still think there's some big power upside there. Mike Fulton, which uh, got asked about him on the message board today. I'm still worried about him. I know he had his best outing of the season over the weekend. Six innings, two earned runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. Both runs came on home runs. He's allowed a lot of home runs this year. Velocity has not been great, so... Look, if you have him, you're just kind of waiting it out. You're hoping he could turn it around because we know he's not this bad. I, I just the lack of strikeouts is concerning and the home runs. I, I just don't know if we're going to see that big year from him. George Springer, uh, he left yesterday's game with lower back tightness. They're saying it's day to day. Backs are tricky. Sometimes it's not a big deal, and you return. You know, we saw Anthony Rizzo miss about four or five, five games. He came back over the weekend. He homered yesterday. His eleventh home run. And he went through that before. We saw Christian Yelich miss about four or five days. By the way, he homered again yesterday, Major League leading 19th home run. So you just don't know. Springer was having a phenomenal year. I mean, it's insane. You know, I asked the question on Twitter last week, if you had the number one pick right now for the rest of the year, like you were starting from scratch, so you don't get the stats. But if you had the number one pick, who would it be? And I think I put Christian Yelich, Mike Trout, Bellinger, and other on the list. I think Trout was 47%, Yelich was 43 but uh, on the other, someone commented George Springer. I wouldn't do it, but it's not nuts. I mean, he's probably the first round now, right? I mean, we all knew Springer had this ability. He's even running a little bit. Uh, the power, we knew that there was a potential for a 40-homer season. We just never saw it. Uh, but we did see Springer miss 20-plus games uh, in two straight years. Uh, interesting, in Boston yesterday, Matt Barnes came into the eighth inning and Brandon Workman got his first save. Uh, but Workman, I believe, pitched the sixth inning today. So I did see Workman pitch up. Look, Barnes has the best arm in that pen right now. He's pitching the best. But I think they will use him in the seventh, eighth inning in high-leverage situations. If there's a uh, the game on the line, say it's 2-1 to one in the eighth inning, and there's first and second and two outs, or first, second, and one out, 
I think they're going to look at it and say, this is the biggest point of the game, especially with their offense where they know they can tack on runs. And I think they're going to bring Barnes into that spot. So it's going to be frustrating, but I think it's something that you have to deal with it. Uh, again, I mentioned yesterday, Jose LeClerc, uh, two scoreless innings, five Ks. Sean Kelly could be back today, but I just think LeClerc's going to be the guy. Uh, uh, now, he could easily ruin that with his next appearance being bad, but I definitely think he is going to close uh, at some point. Uh, Jorge Polanco continues to hit four for five with a run in an RBI yesterday, batting 343. Kind of, I have him in a few leagues, but not enough, man. Like, I really wish I had him in the NFBC. Uh, I was in on the bidding. And uh, just didn't have enough money left to get him. You know, Polanco was someone I was very high on last year in our preseason pro picks. He was my AL sleeper. Then he had the PED suspension, so I had to remove him from that. But uh, definitely really like Polanco a lot. And uh think he's legit. And uh, as I said before the year, I love that Twins lineup, uh, which is a little shorthanded without Nelson Cruz. But uh, hopefully he'll be back uh, when first eligible, uh, potentially later in the week. Hinjin Ryu, man, once again, it is, I think, 31 scoreless innings now. Seven scoreless innings yesterday, five strikeouts. He's got a 1.52 ERA. And there were a lot of people who just said, I am not drafting this guy. He's always hurt. You have to get rid of that mentality. You just have to. But this guy's skill set is phenomenal. You were drafting him in the 11th, 12th, 13th round, maybe later. Go back and look at that round and see how many pitchers did not produce. And... It's just a different game now where players are going on the injured list constantly. We're not going to get 130, 140, 150 innings out of a lot of these guys. You know, Chris Paddock's great. How many innings is he going to throw? And this is the time now, too, especially if you're in a head-to-head league where you got to go, okay, I might not have this guy in September. Do I deal him now? Uh, especially in a non-keeper league because his value is extremely high. Uh, and Ryu... It's How do you trade this guy right now? It's easy to say he's going to get hurt again. I mean, he's already spent one stint on the injured list. We saw Kenta Maeda go on, and everyone seems to believe that's a phantom IL stint, as we know the Dodgers tend to do. Now, he did foul a ball off his thigh, and I did see him with some discomfort in the dugout, but they maybe just said, hey, you know what? Let's use this as an excuse. We have a couple of off days coming up. Uh, you know what? Let's just put you on the injured list, get some rest, because you know, a lot of people thought, okay, Stripling would be in, but with the off days they have, they don't even need to go to Stripling, so uh, they'll go with the four guys for now. Uh, keep an eye on uh, Jose Peraza in his playing time. We've kind of talked about this. He did homer over the weekend. Now, Yasiel Puig got hurt. This is something to keep an eye on. I decided to bench him in Tout Wars because he has a five-game week. They're off today, and I can't wait around to make this decision tomorrow. Uh, I know they've changed it now in Tout Wars that you can – make changes up until the first pitch of that game. But I don't know if you could do it on a Tuesday. i got to double-check that. But I did put him in a util spot. Just in, No, I, I put someone else in a util spot who doesn't play today. So if Puig does go, I, can, I think I can switch it. But they have a five-game week. He injured himself going into the stands. He's saying it's not that bad. He thinks he could play Wednesday. Maybe he takes a shot. But you know how that goes. So it's, it's tough, but I'm leaning towards benching Puig if you have better options. That could open up some playing time for Peraza. Obviously, Dietrich, they could play Peraza in the outfield. They've been doing that a little bit. Dietrich could play second. So definitely something to uh, keep an eye on there. Aaron Hicks finally hit his first home run over the weekend. You know, it's taken some time for him to get going. But if you got him, you're going to get him in the lineup. 
Masahiro Tanaka, he left uh, the game over the weekend with a uh, right shin contusion. It doesn't sound too serious, so it sounds like he might be able to make his next start. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. It just sucks when it's early in the week and we really don't have all the information to make these decisions. Uh, by the way, Javier Baez left last night's game with a heel contusion. He is not in the lineup today. They are considering him day-to-day. So uh, I would probably play Baez. If they're saying it's day-to-day in a weekly league, I probably it's hard to sit that guy with the way he's produced. Uh, the Mets also placed Seth Lugo on the injured list with right shoulder tendonitis. So real bad news for the Mets. He's been one of their best arms out of the bullpen this year with a 3-1-2 ERA, a whip of one and 34 strikeouts, six walks over 26 innings. So probably own more in NL only leagues. People might be holding on to him in the hopes that he starts eventually or closes if anything happens to Edwin Diaz. So uh, Corey Kluber will also have a follow-up x-ray on his right arm on Thursday. So uh, if he is showing healing, they could take that cast off. But still could be a, a while. There's no timetable for his return. And I saw him dropped in a lot of 12-team leagues and. Uh, I don't blame people because we just don't know what the timetable is. And if you don't have any IL spots, it gets difficult to hold a lot of these guys. Whenever we return, we will look at some of the lineups for tonight and go over some of the fab results from this weekend and see how aggressive people were. That is here, full-time fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY why YouTube channel, the Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. 
Fantasy Sports Today. I've always believed when it comes to Sanchez, this is, it's part of it's on him, don't get me wrong. A good part of it's on him. He's very stiff back there. But you've seen Romine has had his issues behind there as well at times. Mm-hmm. So it's not all on Sanchez. But I believe with, uh, with Sanchez is they have to stop lining him up on the inside corner or lining up on the outside corner because once again, when those pitches are missed, he's not close. So I know you want to frame things in, this, in nowadays, but it's just not going to work. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. This full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday afternoon. It was a very, very busy weekend for Fab in baseball. Lots of high bids. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com right now. Get a weekend recap if you missed anything in baseball. Obviously, it was a busy weekend. NBA, Game of Thrones. So maybe you missed some baseball and you're not up to date on everything. You could check out all in one spot my article. Also, a look at the two-star pitchers for the week ahead, which is still relevant right now. Only one game being played so far here uh, in the afternoon with the Red Sox and Blue Jays playing. And, of course, the in-depth team outlooks uh, fantasy football from Sean Childs already gone through the AFC East has the Browns and Bengals up so uh, very in depth good detail gives you uh, a good summary in case you know sometimes you uh, forget a little bit and Sean goes and deep dives and helps you out so make sure you check it out and of course ask your questions on the message boards and forums uh, and you will get an answer uh, whatever it is trades waiver wire pickups. Just 12 points for the Greek Freak last night, but his 23 rebounds got you paid if you took the over on his rebounds. That's right. Props betting is a thing, and it couldn't be easier. It's like choosing any DFS player you want without having to worry about a salary cap. Go to pointsbet.com grid where they have props galore and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to 1,000 in addition to traditional betting. PointsBet offers, also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the New York Giants minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. And you know, we talked about it in the first hour, but definitely player props. Very uh, good thing to do and especially... If you're a fantasy player and maybe you're not great at sports wagering or you don't want to get into it, player props. I mean, that's what we do in fantasy, especially fantasy football every week and even for baseball, for DFS. If you're playing DFS and you're looking at the night slate, you know, you're like, okay, I expect this guy to go six innings, get eight Ks, and maybe the player prop on Ks is six and a half. There you go. Take the over. So uh, a lot of ways to make money. Uh, with player props, so definitely recommend uh, looking into it uh, for sure and uh, something that I do as well. Uh, NBA is really where I, I like to do a lot of the player props and sports betting. Uh, been doing very well this year in NBA, so it is winding down, unfortunately, but it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll continue to do it for the other sports. Uh, let's take a look at some of the fab results from last night. I know we Doc looked at labor in Tout Wars, but I want to look at the NFBC auction. So high stakes leagues here, and you could see the difference in the aggressiveness. So Austin Riley obviously was the big bat people wanted this weekend. He went for four hundred and five dollars. Uh Geo Ursula was the drop. The runner up was three oh four. 
Uh, I don't have as much money in this league, so I knew I was going to have no shot. Corbin Martin went for 275. The runner up was 125. I was a little surprised at the 275 bid. I didn't think you needed to go that high. He wasn't great against Boston. Uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of swings and misses. But look, if he's going to be on the Astros, uh, he'll be in line to win games. But you know, there's no walk. He stays in the rotation the entire time. You know, they could go to the minor leagues. Maybe Forrest Whitley puts it together. So that's the thing. Maybe Josh James gets a shot. So I thought 275 a little bit much. Uh, again, the runner-up was 125. I thought he would go for lower. Nicky Lopez, man, 245. Like, I got him in a league for 160-ish, I believe. Um, that's a 15-team league with a $1,000 fab. Uh, but 245, uh, I'm a little surprised he went that high. The runner-up was 121. But I do think Lopez has the opportunity to play every day. Excellent eye at the plate. Barely she struck out in the minor leagues. I think he struck out five times this year, AAA, for like a 3.6% strikeout rate. Uh, at the major league level is about 10%. He walks. He's going to hit second in the lineup between Whit Merrifield and Adalberto Mondesi. So he's in a good spot, and this is a rebuilding team. So when you look at playing time and all these guys, to me he has the uh, safest playing time. You know, Austin Riley... If he struggles or doesn't play well defensively and Inciarte comes back healthy, they don't have to play him. Uh, Willie Calhoun, he went for 221, run-up 167. Willie Calhoun, what if he slumps? Uh, they have Hunter Pence. I know, I can't believe I'm saying that, but Pence has been good. They got Shinsu Chu, who's been good. Joey Gallo, Nomar Mazzara. So there is a way that he doesn't play every day. I think he should, and you would think that they trade a Chu or a Pence to a contender. But the possibility is there. And Oscar Mercado went for 123, the runner-up 81. Look, Mercado is not playing every day, and I don't know why. They basically use them against lefties. That's the worst side of the platoon. We know he has speed. It's not like Carlos Gonzalez is lighting up. So I think Mercado maybe could play his way into it. Man, this was a good bid here. Rogers for 105? I don't remember what my bid was. I just didn't have the money. I got like four something left. But Rogers at 105, man. If I would have known that, I would have went 106, 107, 108 for sure. I can't believe he went that low. And I guess maybe yesterday's game was a factor because he didn't play. And McMahon hit two home runs. I don't know. Again, it's the Rockies. And we've seen them do weird things. But Rogers, if he's playing every day in course, man, that's going to be the best value of this group. But I understand the trepidation. Because there's no lock that he plays every day. And knowing the Rockies, they could send him down. So uh, definitely something to keep in mind. Chad Pinder went for 99. I think that's an interesting buy. I know he's primarily played against left-handed pitching. But I, I would like to see him get in there every day. Definitely a guy I would have taken a shot on, had a bib in for him. Carter Keeboom went for 59. Runner-up was one. Um, I don't get that one. Um, okay, maybe he comes back. And instead of spending 150 when he comes back, you spend 59. But uh, I think you could have gotten that done. I know it's hindsight, but really, if you would have told me Kibu, I would have said four, five, six bucks this week. Like, who's going to bid on him with all these guys? So uh, I don't know. I don't, he came up and he wasn't good and got Rendon and Turner's back. And yeah, I know Dozier's not been great, but uh, I didn't get that one. Uh, Kyle Freeland went for 59. He's got a home start against Baltimore this week. Uh, Jake Marisnik, probably a last minute entry. 35, again, could see more playing time if Springer misses time. Uh, Jason Castro, surprised he was available, 22 bucks. He obviously getting a lot of playing time. 
Eric Fetty could have a two-start week, but the problem is I don't know if he's stretched out. Uh, so I think he goes tomorrow against the Mets in his first start, but he might not go deep into the game. So that's something to look at. Uh, I got Sean Anderson of the Giants for nine bucks. I was actually surprised that he wasn't bid on. I mean, so Anderson, $9, no runner-up. Cole Irvin, $8, no runner-up. I was actually surprised at that. There's just not a lot of pitching in a 15-team league. Not that I love those guys, but I thought there would be more bids on them. But I think everyone was so focused on the Riley's, Martin, Lopez, Calhoun, Mercado, that maybe they kind of forgot about some of those guys. Not that they're the answer. Talked about Kyle Seeger earlier. He's on his way back soon, so he was picked up. Um, but obviously, heavy bidding this weekend on a, a lot of these guys. My other competitive league... Um, in the GST, uh, there were some big bigs there as well. Uh, Austin Riley went for three forty-three in that one. Willie Calhoun went for two fifty. Keston Euro went for two oh two. I got Nicky Lopez at one sixty-seven. Uh, I put in bids for all these guys, and I had some money left. Uh, I I needed speed more than anything. I mean, you could always use power, but I've been pretty good in that department. So I uh, was happy to get Lopez. I wanted one of those guys. Kingery went for forty. I like that one. Uh, again, he could work himself into playing time. Kyle Tucker was picked up for 27. Jordan Alvarez was already owned in this league. So um, it would be interesting to see who gets the call first. Alvarez is obviously crushing it right now. Tucker got off to a cold start, but he's picked it up lately as well. Uh, as I mentioned, Brandon Brennan was picked up for 8 bucks. I really like that speculation. Uh, I think he has a shot to, to close for Seattle uh, based on what they have there now. I didn't need a closer. I already have... Two that I go with every week, and Brad Hand and Neris and Diego Castillo on the bench. Uh, but in leagues where you do need one, I think Luis Urias was a good speculative ad at three bucks. Uh, he could be back, I think, soon and get an opportunity to play every day. And uh, I did have a contingency bid on Nick Pavetta. He went for two bucks uh, in this one, and Hunter Strickland was added for a dollar too. There's definitely a chance that he could close when. Uh, when uh, he gets healthy for Seattle, and I believe he's going to start uh, throwing potentially today. Uh, let's take a look at some lineups here for tonight. The A's are in Cleveland. It'll be Brett Anderson against Carlos Carrasco. For the A's, Marcus Semien leads it off playing short. Matt Chapman's at third base. Matt Olson's at first base batting third. Steven Piscotty's in right field hitting cleanup. Jarrickson Profar is at second base hitting fifth. By the way, Chris Davis is out of the lineup. Remember, he's dealing with that hip issue. Uh, Mark Kana is the DH hitting sixth. Robbie Grossman's in left field hitting seventh. Ramon Laureano in center field hitting eighth. And Josh Fegley behind the plate hitting ninth. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor leads it off at shortstop. You know, one thing about Lindor, he's been running. He's got five stolen bases. I think one of the concerns about Lindor was, oh, he's got a calf injury. He's got an ankle injury. He's been running. So he's been really good if you... We're able to get him at a value. Uh, I was able to get him in Tout Wars at pick number 29 uh, in early March. I had no idea he was going to be there, and I said I can't pass him up, and uh, he's been productive. Jason Kipnis hitting second at second base. Carlos Santana's at first base batting third. Jordan Luplo in right field hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez at third base hitting fifth. Roberto Perez, the catcher, hitting sixth. Carlos Gonzalez, the DH, hitting seventh, so he's in there against the lefty. Oscar Mercado does get the start in left field against the lefty hitting eighth. And Leonis Martin in center field, batting ninth. The Yankees in Baltimore. It'll be Jay Happ against Andrew Kashner. For the Orioles, Hanser Alberto leads it off playing second base. Dwight Smith Jr. is in left field, batting second. 
Trey Mancini's at first base hitting third. Renato Nunez, the DH, hitting cleanup. Pedro Severino behind the plate hitting fifth. Stevie Wilkerson in center field batting sixth. Joey Rickard in right field hitting seventh. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting eighth. And Richie Martin, the shortstop, batting ninth. The Nationals taking on the struggling Mets in New York. It'll be Patrick Corbin against Wilmer Font. For the Nationals, Trey Turner leads it off playing short. Adam Eaton's in right field hitting second. Anthony Rendon's at third base hitting third. He's been on fire since he's come off the injury list, and he crushes the Mets. Juan Soto's in left field hitting cleanup. Howie Kendrick gets the start at second base hitting fifth. Gerardo Parra's at first base hitting sixth. Victor Robles in center field hitting seventh. Jan Gomes behind the plate batting eighth, and Patrick Corbin on the mound batting ninth. For the Mets, Robinson Cano is not in the lineup today. Jeff McNeil leads off playing second base. Amed Rosario is at shortstop hitting second. J.D. Davis is in left field hitting third. I, I think J.D. Davis gets more playing time, whether it's in the outfield or at third base. Uh, he's shown he can hit, so uh, I did pick him up in a league or two over the weekend, and we'll be starting him this week. Pete Alonso is at first base hitting cleanup. Wilson Ramos, the catcher, hitting fifth. Todd Frazier's at third base, hitting sixth. Carlos Gomez in right field, batting seventh. Juan Lagares in center field, hitting eighth. And Wilmer Font on the mound, batting ninth for the Mets. The Phillies in Chicago, it'll be Jake Arrieta against you, Darvish. For the Cubs, again, no Javier Baez tonight. And Wilson Contreras also getting the night off. Kyle Schwarber leading it off in left field. Chris Bryant's at third base, hitting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base, hitting third. Victor Caratini is the catcher hitting cleanup. Jason Haywards in right field hitting fifth. Albert Almora in center field hitting sixth. Daniel Descazo at second base hitting seventh. Addison Russell starts at shortstop with Javier Baez out. And Yu Darvish on the mound hitting ninth. The Mariners are in Texas to take on the Rangers. Mike Leak against Mike Minor. Shinsu Chu leads it off playing left field. Danny Santana is the shortstop hitting second. Nomar Mazaras in right field hitting third. Hunter Pence, the DH, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallows in center field, hitting fifth. Rugnet Odor's at second base, hitting sixth. Estrubal Cabrera's at third base, hitting seventh. Ronald Guzman at first base, hitting eighth. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa behind the plate, batting ninth. So here we go. No Willie Calhoun in the lineup tonight against Friday and Mike Leak. So I think they have some lefties coming up as well. Uh it's not what you want to see. One of the concerns with Calhoun, it looks like they're going to rotate these guys, but Calhoun sat yesterday. He wasn't in the starting lineup. He's not in the starting lineup again today. So a little bit of a concern on Calhoun. Uh, you figure they get an opportunity to play, but two days in a row, not in the starting lineup. The White Sox in Houston, Ryan Burr against Brad Peacock. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leads it off playing center field. Yoan Moncada is at third base hitting second. Jose Abreu is at first base hitting third. Yonder Alonso, the DH hitting cleanup. James McCann is the catcher hitting fifth. Eloy Jimenez activated off the injured list. He is back, so you can get him in your lineups. He's in left field batting sixth. Tim Anderson is the shortstop batting seventh. Uh, Charlie Tilson's in right field hitting eighth. He was still available on the waiver wire in some leagues over the weekend. Yomar Sanchez is the second baseman. Hitting ninth tonight for the White Sox. Uh, the Braves are in San Francisco. Mike Sirocco against Andrew Suarez. The Twins in Anaheim. Jake Odorizzi against Taylor Cole. He will be the opener as we will see Felix Pena come in and uh, pitch most of the uh, next group of the game for the Angels. And 
tough spot in DFS for Pena, but in season leagues with a two-star week for Pena, I'm going to roll with him. He's been pretty impressive so far. So have him in a couple leagues. Picked him up last week, and uh, I will be using him uh, this week. Good matchup tonight, Arizona and San Diego. Luke Weaver facing Chris Paddock. Paddock's been unbelievable. He's coming off his worst start of the year. It was against the Dodgers, though. So we knew that it was not going to be easy for him. So not a full slate tonight. Uh, and we still have some injury news uh, as you set your weekly lineups, but hopefully you have the ability to make moves before uh, the first pitch of each game because Yasiel Puig is probably the big guy that we're holding out for that we're not sure. Uh, Aledmiz Diaz, too. Uh, I, the report was he was probably going to sit today. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, and he could be back uh, on Tuesday. So I did hold on to him in a couple leagues because Jose Altuve is still on the injury list. And he's going to need a rehab assignment. It might only be a game or two, but Diaz could potentially get some quality at bats the rest of the week. Uh, bottom of the ninth, the Red Sox lead the Blue Jays twelve to two. They added a couple more home runs in the ninth inning. Xander Bogarts, his eighth homer of the year. Rafael Devers been lacking power, but he had his fourth home run of the year. He's driven in twenty five. He also has a sixth stolen base of the year, and he's batting three fourteen. So three hits today for him. Bogarts and Mitch Moreland. Mookie Betts one for five with a run scored. As uh, Toronto has been quiet, David Price returns off the injured list, goes five innings, three hits, two runs, no earn, no walks, four Ks, only 67 pitches. His ERA is down to 3.29, and he will get the win in this game. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Any questions, head over to the message boards and forums. And get in a draft. Play FFWC.com, best ball, dynasty, online championships, whatever you want. We got it. I'm out. I'll see you Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.